Today's number sense routine isn't necessarily a routine, but some ideas to help your kids with a standard that I find particularly, it's like pulling teeth. Counting to 100 is like pulling teeth sometimes because it takes so long and it can get really repetitive and not in a good way. So I'm giving you some ideas of how you can make this skill, this num- this routine that your kids need to be able to do, counting to 100, a little more interesting and give it a little more a little more something extra so that your kids can count to 100 and actually understand what that means. Hello and welcome to Making Number Sense Make Sense, a podcast for elementary teachers, specifically early elementary teachers, looking to really make an impact in the number sense of their students. What do you think of when I say the number five? Do you think of the numeral five? Do you think of five fingers? Do you think of five dots? Do you think of counting to five? There's lots of different things that you might think of when you think of five. And as adults who have been counting for decades, these things are not necessarily things that we think about. But when you're talking about students who have not been counting and are new to counting, who are literally only five years old, have only been on this earth for five years, talking for three, maybe four of them, counting can be a really complex mechanism. They have to think of the numeral, so they have to understand that when they see this squiggle, the symbolic squiggle, it means five objects. They have to actually know that what it's called, five, and they have to know how many five is. So they need these three things in order to really develop an understanding of a number. And it really needs to come together simultaneously to develop number sense. So something that can often limit a student's ability to count high is that they just don't have a understanding of what it is that they're doing or why that's important. Kids need a lot of opportunities to practice the number sequence. One-to-one correspondence is just the act of like understanding that if you move one thing, it has a name, but learning those names can be really, really tricky. So an example is if you hear kids, you know, singing the alphabet song before they understand that each of those words is representative of a letter, they'll say like LMNOP, thinking that all of that together is one thing and it's not. Those are all different letters. The same thing happens with numbers. They might just be repeating them, not understand that the order that they're saying them matters at all. And rote counting is something that is a challenge for me specifically. I know that it was a challenge because they have to be able to count to 100, but a lot of times have no concept or understanding of how many 100 is and why they would ever need to do that. So it's something that I practice every day, but it can be really dry. And a lot of times, if you're practicing just the sequence, the counting sequence to 100, the students who are really having trouble with it are not participating with you. So there are some things I've done in my classroom to really support all of my kids learning to count to 100 and develop number sense, and I'm going to give you some ideas. The first one is number songs. Singing is a great way to help kids remember things. Like you ask them to say sing a song for you, they know all of the words. So including a lot of number songs and what you're doing is very, very helpful for helping kids develop the counting sequence or the number sequence. Just giving a lot of opportunities, like counting in calendar math, is a great way to have the kids practice their, like a range from 1 to 30, and start to get the pattern of how numbers work or how the number sequence works. 
Another thing I've done before is movement counting. So as we count down, so like I'd be like, okay, it's the first day of school. Today is the second day of school. And then it's the third day of school. So we add a number each day. So in each decade, I would give kids a different movement that they're doing. So for example, if we're counting and it is the 30th day of school, from one to 10, we clap. So it'd be like one, two, three, four, five, and each each number gets a clap. And that will be my first decade from one to 10. And then from 11 to 20, we'd do a different movement. Maybe we're doing jumping jacks, or maybe we are patting our shoulders or touching our head or something like that. So then from 11 to 20, you'd be count, you'd be patting your head and counting like 11, 12, patting your head that way to start to develop one-to-one correspondence and the number sequence at the same time, giving it meaning, making it tactile. And then for the next one, from like 20 to 30, I might give them a different one. Like they might be playing air guitar or they might be, you know, stomping their feet or marching in place or something like that for the next decade. So each decade gets its own movement. And as the kids start to remember, realize that each decade gets a next movement, I bring them in on it. I was like, okay, what movement do you think we should do for our next group of 10? And some of the things they come up with are hilarious. Some of the things you're like, oh gosh, that's not happening. Like if they want to do like spins on the floor, I was like, no, spins on the floor is not going to happen for me. And a lot of times I'll frame it in the way of saying, oh, you know, like I'm old, I can't do that. You're going to make me dizzy and then I'm not going to be able to teach anymore. And they think they got a kick out of that, but keeping it light and playful. So if you for sure know that a certain movement is not going to work. They, they're like, oh, well, it's because of this, not because my idea was bad, because they're not necessarily bad ideas. It's just how can we keep everybody safe in this space? And after you get some ideas, I let the kids vote. Sometimes I choose, be like, oh, of all of these ideas, this one is the one I like, but usually I just have them vote on the one that they enjoy and I'll have them practice each one. So if we have three different ideas, we'll practice the first idea, counting from one to 10, the second idea. So you're sneaking in some extra counting to 10, but they're getting their movement, they're getting some wiggles out, and that can help them with counting to 100 as well. Another game that you can do is a counting around game. I would caution though that if your students are not super confident with the number sequence, it can get a little bit of a, like a pressure situation. If someone has to say the next number and they don't know what that number is, that can be a little bit hard for the kids or kind of give it a like an air of like, oh, if you don't know, just say, oh, I need some help. And then the another student can help them if they're not sure what number comes next. So they can try counting around the circle. So one person starts one, the next person two, and then try and get all the way around the circle. You can also play a game like pop where they would count just a smaller sequence. So it might be one, two, three, four, five. And then the person who's five needs to pop. So they'd be one, two, three, four, pop. And then it would start over for the next person. So it'd be like one, two, three, four, pop. And then the next person starts again from one, one, two, three, four, pop. And then keep going that way to see if you can get around the circle. And that's great for smaller numbers or smaller sequences. So my example was one, two, three, four, five. But if we're having a tricky part of your sequence, like the teen numbers, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, or crossing a decade. So you might do 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, like that kind of thing is another way that you could use counting around the circle or pop in a way that would help kids just practice that tiny little sequence that's giving them trouble when they're hearing it a lot in a different way. And just like you counted forwards, you can do backwards too. So you could do like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, pop, and then keep going that way. So speaking of counting backwards, the one that I really liked the best and my kids really liked the best was blast off counting like a rocket. So what I would do is I would put my like my hands above my head kind of like a little rocket and we start like in a squatting position and then 
we start from 10 to be 10, 9, 8. And after each number, you get a little bit higher, a little bit higher, like you're in a rocket blasting off. And then when you get to zero, you actually blast off and get your arms up like you really blasted off. The kids really enjoyed that one as well. The next one that I'm going to go more in depth with next week is choral counting. And again, that's great for shorter number sequences that you're counting together and everybody is hearing. And that routine comes from the Choral Counting and Counting Collections book, which is a great resource to have. Check it out. See if you have it in your professional library at your school or you can get your hands on it because it really is a great book for choral counting. And counting collections, which is a hands-on way for kids to really develop an understanding of how many of quantities numbers are. So if you have the opportunity to thumb through that book, it's a great one. As you get into like first grade, second grade, the kids have to start skip counting. Skip counting by tens is I I feel like an easier one that will help your kids get to 100 because if they can skip count by tens, they can cross the decades, which trips up the kids. And the strategy I used for that one was just making up a song for counting by tens. And that's the only one that I did. We did it every single day. And that really, really helped a lot of my kids get over the hump of not being able to cross over a decade. So like getting stuck on 29, 39, 49, they would sing the song in their head and remember which one came next and then they could keep going. So that one, I'm not, well, all right, don't judge me. I'm not a singer, but also I, I taught Spanish immersion. So it was in Spanish. So it went, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. Because 60 and 70, 60 and 70 in Spanish, it tripped them up every time. They would either skip one or just skip both and go from 50 to 80. I was like, well, that's not going to work. We're going to have to do 60 and 70. So that was, I just sang that song with them every day. You could do it in English as well. And that really helped a lot of kids who understood the sequence, 21, 22, 23, 31, 32, 33. They just couldn't remember what the name of the decade was. And once they remembered it, they could keep going. That really helped them out. And speaking of skip counting, skip counting by tens, like I said, is the one for kindergarten that we really focus on, at least at my school is the one that we really focused on. But as they get into first grade, second grade, they're going to have to practice skip counting by fives, skip counting by twos. And I think the concept of skip counting for the kids is also kind of abstract. Like, why would I need to skip numbers, especially when they're little, you do not want them to skip numbers because if they skipped a number, they have the wrong quantity. So skip counting is one that can also be kind of abstract. So something that I like to do with skip counting, if I'm focusing on skip counting by fives or skip counting by twos, is bring it into a problem solving type arena and make it make sense, make it more tangible why you would want to skip count instead of counting by ones. As grown-ups, we know skip counting can make you more efficient in your counting, but that's more of a higher level skill than base level one-to-one -one correspondence. So one way I like to bring that in is I like to show them images of dice, like a lot of dice together, and they have to figure out how many pips or how many dots are on their dice without counting by ones. So they're looking at their image and then they start to kind of group them together and maybe they make they group them together in ways that make more sense. So since counting by tens is the first one that they learn, making tens might be something that makes more sense to them. So they might know two fives make a 10. So if I have an image of 20 dice that are all showing the five, they might start grouping them by 10. So they may be like, okay, these two are 10. So instead of doing five, 10, 15, 20, they might do 10, 20, 30. And it just gives kids an opportunity to use what they know to make sense of this newer task that they're learning in a tangible way. And I will have some examples of that that you can see 
in the show notes, along with uh, the blog post about this video, all of that good stuff will be in the show notes. So you can take a closer look at some of the things that I'm talking about and some of the images that I might use with my kids. So that was a lot of different ways to help your kids get that number sequence, which can, I feel like, be the most taxing, time-consuming part of teaching math, just because for me, like I said, I taught Spanish immersion, so I would teach the same lesson twice, one to my first class, one to my second class, and counting to 100 every day twice was a nightmare. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, and I feel like sometimes the kids are like, I don't want to do this anymore either, so these are just some ways to spice it up, give it a little something extra, and help your kids be able to count to 100, and like I said, I would say of all of those things, the counting by tens song so starting off the year practicing the movement counting until we got to 100 and then after we got to the 100 day of school which is usually in february adding in the counting by tens song really helped them be able to make it all the way to 100 by the end of the year so like i said i hope you found some ideas helpful i hope you try one out in your classroom and if you do please let me know i would love to know what your kids are really enjoying in your classroom until then i will see you next time well You'll hear me next time. You're going to hear me next time.